Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to the new and improved Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. After many years of interviewing the best and brightest thought leaders around the world on my SiriusXM show, I am excited to now have those interviews available to people around the globe on this podcast. So many people would write us and say, I love what I've been hearing about your interviews with these great people. Where can I access them? I live in this country or that country, or I don't have access to that technology. How can I get the information? Well, I'm so excited now that we are able to offer the information and the interviews free on this podcast. So we want you to sit back and enjoy this message and let me know how you like them. And then do me a favor. If you like them, send a review, write a review and post it. And if you like it, hit like on here and share it and tell everybody you know about it and then subscribe to this podcast so you'll get the alerts when we post a new interview episode. Thank you for listening and enjoy the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now. Here's Willie Jolly. Well, it's a great day, everybody. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. And yes, I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it forced upon me. I can't refuse it. I didn't seek it. No, I didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it. Give account if I abuse it just a tiny little minute, but our eternities are wrapped up in it. I'm grateful for this minute, this moment, this opportunity to be on with you and to share with you some ideas to help you do more, be more, and achieve more, to help you grow your wealth, your health, your wisdom, and your future, and your legacy. So we want to welcome everybody. Look here, you want to stay tuned today. You want to stay tuned today because we have one of America's greatest investors, a gentleman who started with very little and went on to become a 
billionaire by investing. And he's going to talk about how to invest and how you can grow your wealth. So you want to stay tuned because this is one for the books. This is one for the ages. Well, first, you know, I thank you for that one minute, God's minute from Dr. Benjamin Mays, who was Martin Luther King Jr.'s mentor, who encouraged young ML to dream big, to think big, and to pursue great achievements and to make a difference in the world. And so that one minute is what I start with everywhere I go. Second, though, I want to take a moment after thanking Dr. Mays and thanking you for listening. I want to thank God for life and strength and health for this opportunity to not just have this radio show, not just to have the podcast, not just to have the best-selling books and the speaking and the music and all the other things, but most importantly, to have life to have life and strength and health, to have friends and family. I thank God for those things. And I'm grateful. And when you have an attitude of gratitude, it really does change everything in your life. So I start everything I do every day, every opportunity I get to give God some glory and say, thank you. Because when praises go up, blessings come down. I believe that. And I also believe that we must live our lives in such a way that we, we realize that God's gift to us is life. Our gift to God is what we do with our lives. And I encourage you to do something extraordinary with your life and make a difference. Then I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor. We are so grateful to have great sponsor partners. Our sponsor is Truist Bank. And I want to tell you a little about a bit, a bit about Truist and their money and mindset program. The way you think and you feel about your money can affect your confidence and, frankly, your total well-being. That's especially true when life gets hard and throws challenges your way. So money and mindset from Truist give you tips and tools to help you feel more financially prepared through your life planned moments and when life just happens to you. That sounds like it's really helpful because it is. You can check out this new program from Truist called Money and Mindset by heading to truist.com where you'll find it in the main menu. When you start with care, you build a different kind of bank, truest bank. So I'm grateful for their friendship, not just for their sponsorship, but more importantly, for their partnership. And so they have been great partners with me. Now, my guest today is one of our jewels in America. He's just a great man. He has done great things. He makes a great difference. He's not just a billionaire. He's a philanthropist. He's a father, friend. He's been a man who's made a difference in so many ways. Let me tell you who he is. You all know who he is by when I say his name. David Rubenstein is co-founder and co-chair of the Kylile Group, one of the world's largest and most successful private investment firms. It was established in 1987, and now Kylile has over 369 billion from 29 offices around the world, manages $369 billion from 29 offices. He is the chairman of the board of the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts, the Council on Foreign Relations, the National Gallery of Art, the Economic Club of Washington, the Club of Washington, and the University of Chicago. He's a fellow at the Harvard Corporation, a trustee at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, John Hopkins Medical Medicine, the Institute for Advanced Study, the National Constitution Center, the Brookings Institute, and the World Economic Forum, and a director at the Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts and American Academy of Arts and Sciences. I could go on and on of all the things he does. He's an incredible philanthropist. When the Washington Monument was damaged in an earthquake some years ago, 
he said, I'll pay for the repair. And he's done it for other patriotic organizations and, and, and institutions around the world. He is the host of the David Rubenstein Show, Peer-to-Peer Conversations on Bloomberg and PBS and Bloomberg Wealth with David Rubenstein on Bloomberg TV. And he's the author of a number of great books. We're going to talk about one of them today. He's the author of The American Story, Conversation with Master Historians. And he also is the author of How to Lead, Wisdom from the World's Greatest CEOs. And the new book, I am so excited about this book. It is fantastic, fantastic. How to Invest, Masters on the Craft. Woo, this is a great day and a great book. Thank you, David Rubenstein. How are you? Well, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I can see why you were voted one of the best speakers in the United States. You're very articulate and very impressive. Well, thank you very much. Well, you are just a joy to have on. And before I get started, I got to give a shout out to Chris Ullman, who helped to coordinate this. He is the communications expert who worked for the Carlisle Group, and now he represents David Rubenstein. And I'm honored that we both are artists of residence for High Point University. He recently was on my show. You should hear that that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful podcast uh, he did. And you can hear it on my podcast. Well, I gave a few little tips about where you are now, but where did you come from? I mean, what's your background? Where did you grow up? How did you start your life and how did you grow your success? I came from Baltimore. Uh, My parents uh, were not college or high school graduates. I was their only child. My father dropped out of high school to go into World War II. He came back, he met my mother. Uh, They got married at the unseemly young age of 20 and 17. Wow. Uh, my, My father worked at the post office his entire life. Um, never made, made probably more than $10,000 a year doing that. And um, I got lucky in life. I went to public high schools in, 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 in Baltimore. And then I went to Duke University for undergrad and University of Chicago for law school. And I, you know, I came from very modest circumstances. Wow, you certainly did. And you uh, talk about in this book, How to Invest, that most great investors, most great investors come from humble circumstances. They don't they don't uh, come from uh, the crystal staircase. They don't come with a silver spoon in their mouth. Isn't that correct? Yes. I mean, to have the drive to build a great company or to have the drive to do something meaningful with your life, it's often hard to do that if you inherited a billion dollars. You come from a family that's very, very wealthy. So there's no doubt some people that have come from wealthy families have surely done well in life. But generally, the people that are running the world and the people who build great companies are generally people from blue collar or lower middle class backgrounds. Well, you have proven that in the book talks about one after another, after another, after another, after another. But your story in the beginning, I think, is so profound. You went to law school and you practiced law for a number of years. But then... You had some setbacks. And one of the other things you say in the book is that those who are great investors typically have had some setbacks. Tell us about your setback that took you from being a lawyer to becoming an investor. Well, I worked in the White House for President Carter. We lost the election in 1980 to Ronald Reagan. So I went back to practice law, but nobody wanted to hire me because I'd worked for Carter and he was considered a disgraced figure. So it took me many, many, many months to get a job. And I didn't want to tell my mother that her only child was unemployed. So I said I had so many (laughs) offers, I didn't know which one to take. But eventually, (laughs) she figured that wasn't true. So I started practicing law again in Washington, and I wasn't very good at it. If you're not good at something, you know, uh, it's not a good way to think you're going to be successful. You have to love what you're doing to be successful. Nobody ever won a Nobel Prize hating what they do. 
Right. So just like you presumably love what you're doing, you're very good at it. Um, I didn't love what I was doing. So I ultimately started an investment firm in Washington that grew to be one of the largest private investment firms in the world. Wow. Well, it really did. You started it and you started with meager uh, means, didn't you? I had no money of my own, but I, I raised $5 million from four investors. And that's what we started. Now, as you mentioned, we have you know over $350 billion. Wow. $350 billion. And that is because they started it with a vision, started it with making tough decisions, starting with doing the homework. One of the things I love in the book is he talk about, you talk about over and over how important it is to do the hard work, not, not uh, a quick tip from, from one of your friends, not, not something you read in the newspaper. Isn't that correct? That's correct. You need to do what Jim Baker uh, was drilled into him by his father. Prior preparation prevents poor performance. Make yes. sure you know what you're doing. Prepare. And don't just think a tip is going to be a good way to prepare. Amen. Amen. Well, you have built Carlisle Group that has gone on and to just become historic. And now you are doing so many other things. And you have had other books. But this book is, is profound because you talk about in this book or you share in this book, not just your story, but the lessons from other great investors that has had a profound impact on their lives. And as I said, most of them started with meager, humble uh, beginnings and built their philosophies, their situations, their circumstances, and they didn't wait for things to happen. They made things happen. And usually with little or no uh, major investment to start with, one person started with a, a, a investment of, a, of, of some small amount of money from their dad, and uh, their dad has gone on to become, you know, be paid back handsomely. But this is how you start a dream. You work on it. And so this is why I'm so excited about having you on. What I want to talk about in this interview is the lessons from this book, as well as the lessons from your life, the life lessons that took you from a lawyer who you said wasn't doing great to becoming one of America's greatest uh, investors, a billionaire, uh, many times over. Now, let me ask you another question. You're the only child, there was another person who was an only child in the book, and they talked about the fact that maybe uh, the fact that you were able to focus very clearly was one of the keys to your success, that you learned about focus. Well, when you have, you're an only child, you tend to have more time to think about things yourself. You tend to spend more time with yourself, and maybe that gives you the ability to focus. You know, as you know, a lot of people have attention deficit disorder. Um, yes. They can't really do too many things uh, I mean, uh, by concentrating on one thing very long. So they just try to do so many different things. They don't do anything well. Um, I am fortunate I don't have that problem because if you're really going to do something meaningful in life, you have to focus and get it done and, and make sure you put the time in to make it work. I think that's a powerful point. My my mentor, Zig Ziglar, who I, re, who I was blessed to be able to replace when he passed away on the Get Motivated Tour, used to give an analogy that the power of focus can either hurt you or help you. If you took a magnifying glass and you had a, a bunch of leaves and it was a hot, sunny day, well, if you move that magnifying glass a lot and never focus the power of the sun, nothing will happen. But if you take that magnifying glass, you hold it still, focus that power of the sun through that magnifying glass, and you hold it there, it will start a fire on those leaves. And I think you have started a fire on what you have been able to achieve 
with the Carlisle Group, with the different programs. We're going to come right back after this break with more information of how to invest, how to create wealth, and how to create a life and a legacy that will make a difference. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. And for sure, the best is still yet to come. We'll be right back. Friendship is not about being convenient. It's about being committed and consistent. You can call on me. When you need me. You can call on me. Call me. You can call on me. Pick up the phone. You can call and call me. Are you ready to revolutionize your relationship with money? I'm Brian Ford, a financial wellness expert. And I'm Bright Dixon, an expert in positive psychology. Together, we host Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian, a podcast from Truist Bank that's all about exploring the relationship between your money, your mindset, and your well-being. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or truest.com forward slash money and mindset podcast. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I have a question for you. Have you ever wondered why some people can make a million dollars, lose it, make a second million, lose that, then make a third million, while other people can't even make ends meet? Well, the reason is that those people know the recipe for success. And that recipe is available to everyone if you will do what they did. They made a habit of getting positive, motivational resources of great thinkers and great learners. And I want to offer those same kind of resources to you. We've developed a free page on my website. It's wjspeaks.com slash gift. wjspeaks.com slash gift. On that site, we've got resources, books, audios to help you to grow and they're free. So go to wjspeaks.com slash gift, wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of those resources and then share that page with your friends and your family members. We want to impact and inspire millions of people. And remember, if you enjoy this message on this podcast, like it, share it and Post a review about it and make a difference in the lives of others by letting them know about it. Have a great day. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and Podcast. Across America, around the globe, you can get the show on many continents, but you can get the podcast globally. So share with your friends overseas. Tell them to go to the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways Podcast on iHeart, C-Suite, Spotify, 
Stitcher, TuneIn, and Apple Podcasts. And then remember to go to winwithwilly.com, winwithwilly.com, sign up for my newsletter. Every week, I'll send you a newsletter, a short newsletter with the lessons I learned from my guests on this show and the pearls that just jumped out at me. Sometimes they'll say things that people say, how did you figure that, that out? I said, well, I'm always listening for the pearls. So I'll share some of the pearls that jumped out at me during the interview, as well as people I meet during the week at different functions and different affairs who will bless me with good ideas. You know, we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about uh, uh, people. We don't talk about things. We only focus on ideas on this show. And that's why I want to focus on. And last but not least, I want to encourage everybody to tune in every Monday night at nine o'clock Eastern time on A Jolly Marriage on Facebook, A Jolly Marriage on Instagram, A Jolly Marriage on Twitter, and Willie Jolly LinkedIn Live for the Jolly Marriage Show. And you can also get the Jolly Marriage Show online on at the jollymarriageshow.com, where my wife and I have Oh my, we're going on 40 years, have not had an argument in over 35 years. We talk about principles for marriage, for success in your marriage. And for those who many of who you have heard of on this show who were on their way to, to, to divorce, were on their way to divorce and said, you know what? We'll give it a shot with this book, Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last from the Jollies. And they saved their marriage, saved divorce court, saved some money, but most important, saved their family. So join us Monday nights and get the book, Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last at ajollymarriage.com. My guest today is a world changer. David Rubenstein is the author of the incredible new book, How to Invest Masters on the Craft. And in this book, he talks about how he not only built his investment philosophy, but he also shares principles from others who have done the same thing. David Rubenstein is a New York Times bestselling author of How to Lead, on How to Lead, The American Experiment. He is co-founder and co-chairman of the Carlisle Group, one of the world's largest and most successful global investment firms. He is a chairman of the boards of the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts, the Council on Foreign Relations, National Gallery of Art, the Economic Club of Washington, and the University of Chicago. And he was one of the original signers of, of the Giving Pledge, recipient of the Carnegie Medal of Philanthropy. He is a world changer. That's the truth. And that's what I am so excited about, David, is that you don't want to just taking, save all the money for yourself, that you are believing that there's a need to be a blessing to others. Talk about that a little bit. What, what makes people happy? Uh, as a general rule of thumb, one of the most elusive things in life is personal happiness. Absolutely. You examine what creates happiness the most. It's generally relationships with other people and helping society. So when you give back to society, you give back to other people, you feel healthier and happier. And that's an important thing in life. So when you give away money, I think you can, and, and for socially good purposes, I think you can feel happier about what you've done for your, your life, with your life. Also, I want to remind people that when you're philanthropic, you don't have to give away money. Uh, philanthropy is derived from an ancient Greek word that means loving humanity. It doesn't mean rich people writing checks. You can give your time, which is your most valuable commodity, and that is valuable as well as money. So if you have money, you can give that. If you don't have money, give time. Help, help your society, help your country, do what you can. 
And I think you'll be happier for it and you'll feel much better about it. And what you want to do is when you get to an older age, as I am, I'm now 73, you want to look back and say, what have I done to make my parents proud? What have I done to make my children proud? What have I done to make my grandchildren proud? And would they like to say, this was my grandfather, my father, because he did something useful with his life. And that's what I think is important about giving away money or helping in philanthropic purposes. Well, you have done that and you have made it clear that that is a priority in your life. And I want to encourage people. We've had a number of philanthropists on this show, uh, Dave Stewart and Nito Cobain, who've said things like give and do it with a excitement. And as Nito said, you know, give money without ever remembering and receive without never, never forgetting. I think that was Bartlett who said that. And so we want you to give just what you can. Make a commitment every day. I've set a goal every day to try and do something good for somebody every day. Something good. Even if it's speaking and saying good morning with somebody who might be struggling, say good morning to them. If you can help somebody every day, do something that can give good to others. Well, David uh, Rubenstein, you have been a philanthropist. You've built a multi-billion dollar uh, uh, organization, and you've done it with just working hard and being diligent. Let's talk about some of the principles that you talk about in the book that I've got this book earmarked. I've got it. Uh, I've got notes all through it. Uh, it's just incredible information. And where where I am just overwhelmed. His notes on investing part is just fantastic. Investing directly. Do not risk more than you can truly afford to lose. Talk a little bit about that. Well, one of the mistakes that people often make is they they get a tip. They think they know something about investing when they really don't. They put a lot of money in and they lose it because they're really not well informed. The investment was too risky. So you shouldn't put more into something than you can afford to lose. But also, you need to talk to people. Have a good advisor. Uh, have he people help you manage your money. And also, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Even if somebody tells you it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, it might not be. So be very cautious. Be cautious. Be cautious. That's what you, you say that next is diversify your investments. The principle, this principle is one of the key tenets of investment. Do not put all your eggs in one basket. Now, there is a philosophy of some investors, though, and even one guy in the, in the book who talked about he put his eggs in one basket, but he kept his eye on that basket. But it's a risky formula. It's a much, and that's for the risk ver portion because they're different. Why don't you talk about the different okay. sectors the book is broken well, up to? What you're referring to is there is a, a there are some investors like George Soros, a very famous investor, who says when he has a great idea, he doubles down or triples down because he doesn't have that many great ideas. But he's a professional <laughs> investor who's been doing this for, for decades. And the average person is not a professional investor. And if he puts billions into something, he also has billions he's not putting into something. So I think you got to be very careful. It's very rare that one idea is going to make you that wealthy. So I think you should diversify and listen to people that know what they're doing. If you're not a professional investor, make certain you have people that are handling your money who are professional and let those people take, take the investment decisions. If you're a uh, a professional, you're doing something else, you're not going to have time to keep up with uh, the investment world. That's really for professionals to do. So unless you're a professional investor, make sure you are really hiring good people to be your professional advisors and make sure that it's very safe. You know what the fees are. You know what the risks are. You know what how your money is being valued. There's a lot of things you need to do to make sure your money is not being stolen or lost. Amen. That's the truth. Well, you've mentioned something. If you're going to be wealthy, let's talk about the difference in your mind between what is the difference between being rich 
and being wealthy? Well, I would say, what's the difference between being rich and being happy? Huh. A lot of people are rich and they're not happy. Mm. Um, so you have to figure out what's going to make you happy. Are you going to be happy if you're going to have a lot of money? Maybe you will be, but you know, a lot of people who are rich are very tortured souls. A lot of people that are not rich are also uh, happy. Um, and you, you can be happy without being rich. But if you want to acquire wealth, you should do it for the right reason, because you're building a company, you're making investments that are actually adding to society. And you're not just doing it just to become rich. If you say to yourself, I'm going to become rich, I don't care how, I'm just going to become rich, you probably won't become rich. And if you do become rich, you probably won't enjoy your wealth because you didn't really do it for the right reason. You know, one of the things I've learned, and I'm writing a new book, it should be out real soon, is called Rich is Good, Wealthy is Better. And I think you kind of answered, I'll quote you in the book on this topic, is that many people who have money are not happy because the they have the money uh, but the, really, the money has them. That's really what it is. And they are tortured. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things we're learning is that many people focus only on being rich and never go to the next level, which is wealth. What I distinguish that is you got athletes who, who make a $100 million contract. They get a $100 million contract and they are buying 10 Bentleys, 20 Rolls Royces and three planes and, right. and they, they are just balling for 10 years, but then the contract ends and they don't modify their lifestyle. And statistics show that athletes uh, often uh, somewhere around 70% are broke five years after retirement. There's a few that really do well. So what they have focused on is what they did to make the money or how they made the money by being active in a sport or, or singing or dancing or, or even uh, doing art or whatever it is you do for a living without letting that money start to make money for itself. Am I right about it? Investing is about making, letting the money make money for itself, isn't it? Yes. But you're trying, what you're trying to do when you're investing is making money and doing well, but hopefully for the purpose of doing something useful for the money. Yes. You want to take care of your family and your basic needs, but if you can take that money and give it to others or give it to worthy, worthwhile organizations, you're going to feel better about yourself and you'll probably live longer. People who are happy live longer than people who are grumpy. Amen. Amen. And amen. My mom used to tell me, my mom was one of the most generous people I ever met. I, I, I always aspire to be as generous as she was. Anybody who came to the house who had a sad story, she, she was a teacher and uh, she, my dad died when I was 13 and my mom taught school. She sold world book encyclopedia and she did these network marketing vitamins and so forth to, to make sure we had money for my brother and I to go to college. But she would always give to people. When we'd go visit, she'd give because she say, it is much better to give. It really is. It makes your life better if you give and give with just nothing in return. Just want to bless somebody. And you've just, you, you've really articulated. Well, my my uh, mother was the same way. After she passed away a few years ago, I started getting all of her mail. And there is no philanthropic organization in the country that she didn't give $5 or $10 to. I'm on every mailing list, or she was. And they keep saying, well, your mother gave money. Why don't you give money? But my mother could never say no because she wanted to help people, even though 5 or $10 probably wasn't make a big, making a big difference. Right. Amen. Well, we're going to take a quick break for station identification. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and Podcast. We'll be right back. 
Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I got an email from a gentleman in Australia who shared how he had been struggling in his business, and he bought some of my books and audios, and how it had a profound impact on his business, and he went from worst to first in his company. I shared with him how much I appreciated his Note, but I told him those books, those audios, those videos were not just something that I just thought up one day and started to write. They were born out of my experiences, out of the challenges of overcoming the problems and the difficulties and how I was able to do it. And I shared with him that others have sent similar messages and that these resources work. I want to encourage you and invite you to go to my store. Go to wjspeaks.com slash shop. wjspeaks.com slash shop. Get some of the books. It only takes a minute to change your life or a setback is a setup for a comeback or turn setbacks into greenbacks or chicken soup for the soul or an attitude of excellence or the book I wrote with my wife after 34 years of being married and not having an argument in over 30 years. We wrote a book called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last and now it is saving marriages all over the globe. Go to the store, get some of the audios, the videos, the books, the resources to help you have greater personal and professional success. This is Dr. Willa Jolly. Make this a great day on purpose. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way show and podcast around the world. We are grateful for each and every one of you who has shared this show with your friends, your family members, your co-workers, your peers, letting them know, hey, 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 you should be watching Willie Jolly's show. You should be listening to Willie Jolly. You should be uh, sharing it. I am grateful whether you listen on, on the radio, while you listen online, whether you listen on podcasts, we want you to grow your success your wealth, your thinking, your future, your families, and your faith. So please continue to do that. And I also want to take another moment to thank our sponsor, Truist Bank. Truist believes that better lives and communities begin with care. That includes caring a lot about the well-being of your clients. Let me tell you what I mean. Truist is really interested in improving the connection between your finances and your personal well-being. So they launched Money and Mindset. It's an online resource to help you build financial confidence and a healthier mindset around your money. I've spent time with this Money and Mindset program. I've interviewed on it. They asked me to do an interview and it was a joy and it was a blast. And it's the real deal. One good takeaway I found was that when you're on top of your finances, you can really enjoy the benefits beyond the reaching of the goals. Think about reducing stress or feeling greater reassurance, knowing you're better prepared for a financial challenge should it come your way. Or as David Rubenstein said, being happy when you can do better for more people. So today, there's a Truest and Mindset show online and a podcast. And you all, you podcast listeners, you can find it wherever you talk about money. It's Truest and it's truest.com or Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian. Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian. And you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. So I encourage you to make time to jump into this great resource. Research Money and Mindset, truest.com, and you'll be glad you did. Remember, when you start with care, you build a different kind of bank. Well, my special guest today is a gentleman who I'm so honored to have. He is one of America's great 
leaders. That's what he is. He's a leader. He's a financial leader. He's an investment leader and philanthropic leader. And he's a leader in our community. In Washington, D.C., he's well-regarded as someone who makes a difference, doesn't just talk to talk, walk to walk. He is a contributor to the African-American Museum of History in Washington, across from the Monument. I'm honored that my friend, General Colin Powell, the late great General Poland Powell, uh, had lunch with me one day, and he had just come from a meeting with other people who have made donations and contributors. And he said, Willie, you should make a contribution and you should make a donation. And that's all I needed. And I got on the phone when I got home from that lunch and called a lady I knew who worked there. And I was one of the 2015 uh, original founder contributors. And if you go outside the Oprah Winfrey theater and go to the right, there's a board and you'll see William D. Jolly. And it was because General Powell made a suggestion. And David Rubenstein, you've done a lot of those around the country and with other kind of uh, organizations, haven't you? Well, I came from modest circumstances and this country has been good to me. I got lucky in this country. So I've tried to give back to the country by giving things that I think will remind people of the good and bad of our country's history. So the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Center, uh, Lincoln Memorial, Jefferson Memorial, things like that. And Colin Powell was a very good friend of mine as well. I asked him to make the last speech he made, it turned out, in his life. He spoke at the Kennedy Center on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And it was a very emotional speech. And um, you know, obviously got a standing ovation. Sadly, he only lived about a month later. Wow. Wow. He was a great man. And I, I, I love the fact that he was always straight up with me. He would just tell me the truth and say, Willie, don't do that. Just don't do that. He, he didn't play around. He didn't fool around. So, OK, let's go back to this book. Now, that's, this book is broken up into multiple different sectors. You've got value investing. You've got traditional investing. Tell us a little more about how you how you segue well, or put the book together. I put it in three categories, what I'll call mainstream, which is traditional stocks and bonds, more or less. And uh -huh. people are familiar with that. And that's the traditional way that people have invested in stocks or bonds. And then I had another category called alternative, which means things are higher risk and higher return. And they are buyouts, growth capital, venture capital, distressed debt, uh, opportunistic real estate, things like that. And a third category, which I call cutting edge, which are very novel and somewhat controversial. One of them is cryptocurrencies, for example. Some people swear by it and some people think it's a, it's a terrible thing. Or ESG, which means environmental, social, and governance, which is to say that investments that are, are going to be good for society. So those are the kind of categories I developed for this book. Wow, wow. Well, in that traditional or what we call, what you said, the mainstream, mainstream. and that's the mainstream. In the mainstream, you got stocks and bonds. And, and by its nature, stocks and bonds, uh, when one is up, the other is down and vice versa. Isn't that correct? Yes. As a general rule of thumb, probably that's true. Because as interest rates go up, um, that means stock markets are going to go down and, and, and bonds will probably yield a higher rate of return. Uh, when the stock market is going down, uh, bond prices will go up and stock markets going up, bond prices will go the other way. So um, I, I think it's you're, you're right. Interest rates are a big factor. So some of the people in your book talk about uh, index funds versus value right. funds and, 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 and holding it. Uh, one of the first people you, you talk about in the book, he was an early investor. I think it's Larry Fink, early investor in Elon Musk. And he said uh, Ron, Ron Barron. Ron Barron, Ron Barron. And he said that he focused not so much on the product, but on the person and the yeah. integrity of the person. Isn't that right? He did. Um, obviously, Elon Musk has had some challenges of late, but look at the companies he's built. He built uh, two very impressive companies. We'll see whether he can do anything with Twitter. 
But the most important point that Ron Barron and Warren Buffett would say is don't be trading in and out of the market all the time. Buy something you think is good and hold on to it for a while. Because if you hold on to it, you won't be paying taxes every time you sell. You won't have transaction costs and so forth. So buy something and hold on to it. Warren Buffett likes to say he holds on forever. Right. And and get dividend stocks and things that will give right. you some dividends and some some income. One of the things I love about Buffett, by the way, is that he says, always remember rule number one, don't lose money. Right. And rule number two, remember that as well. Don't forget rule number one. Right. <laughs> and and you are, I assume, uh, friends with Buffett. I and- do know. I dedicated this book to him, and I've known him for quite some time. Very impressive person. He's averaged a rate of return of 20% a year for 60 years. Wow. 60 years. 60 years, 20% return. And uh, very modest. It's, I believe he still lives in the same home. He same lived house in- he bought in 1957 in Omaha, Nebraska. He's now, wow. I think, 92 years old or so, but still going strong and still running his company. Wow, wow, wow. What an incredible legacy and how he learned it. I think he learned it from a gentleman, uh, Benjamin. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct. Benjamin Graham, who was a yeah. professor of his at Columbia Law School, uh, Columbia Business School. Yes. Yes. So where did you learn investment? Your dad wasn't an investor. I oh. mean, how do you learn investment when, when you don't come from investing backgrounds? I didn't. I went to law school. I didn't go to business school. My parents had no money. Um, I basically, when I started Carlisle, I basically hired people that knew something about investing. And I said, look, I'll add value by going around the world, going around the world and raising the money. So my contribution was often raising the money. Um, I, I participated in all the investment committees over the over the 35 years, but I would say I hired good people. And it's always good to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. And that's Amen. what I try to do. Amen. Amen. I'm married smarter than me and I try and stay around people smarter than me. <laughs> uh, there's an old saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So you got to get in better rooms. Well, you started with this call out group. You didn't, you weren't a businessman. You didn't have an MBA, but yet you've built a billion dollar uh, business, multi-billion dollar. And what would you encourage a Young person, oh, maybe not even a young person. I, I, in fact, I'd rather start right out and right out to bot with somebody. What would you encourage somebody who might be post 50? They've been working in a government job, maybe, or, or, or not a big end job. They don't know anything. They didn't come from money. They don't know much about money. What would you encourage them to do to learn how to better their financial future? Well, reading, reading was helpful. There are plenty of books about the investment world, but for the person who's post 50 years old, probably they're not going to be a great investor. What they should do is make certain they don't lose what they have. And I think the best thing to do is to probably go into a safe index fund, a a, a stock or or bond index fund. It's going to be run by very good people, and it's going to reflect the market averages. If you're younger and you want to learn this business, that's fine, but you've got to really put time into it and really recognize you can't overnight become an investment genius. Amen. You talk about that over and over. Read everything readily available about the investment being made. Make certain that the potential risk of the investment are thoroughly understood. And then talk or consult with others who know about investment. So you do talk over and over. Don't think of yourself as a genius. You might be smart in one area. That don't mean you're going to be smart in another. Isn't that right? Very few people are geniuses in every area. In fact, there are very few geniuses, actually. But I would say be careful and be cautious. You know, if you have a job, whatever your job is, you want to do it well, well, make certain that when you take your money that you make from your job, you make sure that you do that well, too. So don't all of a sudden take your money and and and, and 
give it to some risky cause or people that don't know what they're doing. And remember, always find out who's investing alongside you. Smart money knows how to find good deals and good funds. If nobody you know of who's smart is investing in that fund or that deal, don't do it. Wow. Do you have a formula that you personally adhere to in terms of you, if you found a dollar on the street, how would you break that dollar up if you just had a dollar? Well, uh, my situation may be different than the average person, but what I try to do if I had a dollar is not put it all in one area uh, and, and give it to people that actually know what they're doing. I don't tr think you can e easily be a genius by, um, by just learning overnight or by reading a book. If you read a book on how to play golf by Tiger Woods, you're not going to be a great golfer just by reading that book. So by, <laughs> right. by reading a book on investing, you're not all of a sudden going to be a genius. You can be alerted to the issues and you should be cautious about losing your money. You don't want to lose your money. The most important thing is don't lose what you have, as we talked about earlier. Right. And how about cash reserves? One of the things we have right now because of COVID is that people have uh, a need and during COVID taught us how important it is to have some cash when things go south, because they're going right. to go south sooner or later. Am I right? That's correct. And markets are always cyclical. But when you have cash, make sure that it is truly cash. It's either in a bank with a, with secu that's insured or in a money market fund that's effectively insured so that you can't lose that money. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm very grateful. I have a smart wife who, when COVID hit and all my speaking engagements on March the 9th of 2020 went away, she said, I'm starting to shake in my boots. She said, don't worry. I've been putting away money just so we would have this day when it would come. So we're going to be okay. And I'm grateful for her because I am more of a risk taker and I'm more of a let's buy more, more of my books let's print more of my CDs and my DVDs that will be available for sale let's let's invest in us so I would take my last dollar but uh, of every dollar I do have a formula David uh, and I gave it to my grandson just last night of the if you had a dollar grandson I said take a dime first dime and tithe it give it away give it to somebody where it can make a difference give it away second dime is for you to save you got to have some savings third dime invest what kind of tennis shoes are you wearing what kind of store do you go to you go to walmart you may want to buy some stock or get an index fund and then you got 70 percent. learn to live on half of that learn to live on half of that the other half for a rainy day because a rainy day is coming and a flat tire should not be a crisis. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with David Rubenstein. And when we come back, we're going to talk about more about how to invest and how to learn for the masters of the craft. This is Dr. Willie Jolly and for sure, the best is yet to come.
Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life, and I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500, and that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you, grow your mindset, grow your future, grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire. wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and will help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. This is Dr. Willie Jolly and the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and Podcast with my special guest, David Rubenstein. I mean, this is a gentleman who I am so uh, impressed with, not just with his success. We've had billionaires on the show before. We've had multimillionaires on the show, but with his philanthropy, his commitment to America. Uh, I, I, I said that often, folks, that America has some issues, it has racism uh, and sexism and ageism. but America still is the greatest country I've ever seen because someone like me, who's not the brightest bulb in the pack, could make millions of dollars doing what I do. Someone like me could have a radio show. Someone like me could worship the Lord that I worship freely. Everybody doesn't have to believe like I believe, and I give them that right. So he has done that. And one, one person said, when you woke up in America, you won the lottery. 
And that is the truth. David Rubenstein, thank you for being on my show, my friend. My pleasure. Congratulations on all your success. You look too young to have a grandchild, but congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. You're a kind man. Well, let's talk about a little more about this book. Uh, You talk in here, there are a number of, let's say it's is investing directly. There are a bunch of 10 things you make certain that regular, reliable, and understandable information about the investment is made available. Know your partners, understand the tax consequence. Oh, let's talk about that for a moment. Taxes. Because I was in Atlanta recently for the John Hope Bryant Forum. I was one of the keynote speakers, along with T.D. Jakes and Andrew Young and the CEO of Walmart, the CEO of Delta. And And a gentleman came up to me and said something about taxes. And I told him one of my mentees had called me with a problem. He had a tax problem, which is he had a profit in his uh, corporation and he did not want to be taxed on it. He was wondering what what he should do. Uh, Taxes are a major part. You have to get a tax strategy, don't you? Well, it's important. I'm a gigantic taxpayer. Um, because that's the way the system we have is, and I think that makes it possible for our country to exist. But I think people should have a le- an obligation to themselves and their family to make certain they're paying the right amount of taxes, not paying more than they should. And so you should always consult an accountant or tax lawyer who can make certain that you're complying with the law. And also you are, there are things you can do to avoid uh, certain taxes by deductions and other kinds of uh, means. So know what your, your tax situation is. If you if you uh, are going to be a successful investor, you should also look at successful tax strategies that are legal. Right. And I've got people who flipper, you know, they flip stocks and I've had some on this show. And the thing is what you just said earlier, that those who are flipping stocks also are paying taxes every time they 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 buy and sell, buy and sell, buy and sell. Um, they're also right? paying short term capital gain, which is essentially ordinary income. But yes. uh, remember, Benjamin Franklin said there are two things you can't avoid, death and taxes. So mm. it's very hard to avoid either of those, right? Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, you talk about uh, how to invest, the mainstream investments with Larry Fink and and then uh, Barron. And I mean, just one after another. This book is so fantastic. Where can people get the book, David? Well, they can order it on Amazon or any bookstore. It's uh, been on the bestseller list for a number of uh, months now. and uh, But Amazon is a good way to get it uh, over the Internet. And I love the fact that you have diversity of thought, diversity of investing, right. and diversity of people, including John yes. Rogers and Melanie Hobson, who who have right. uh, uh, Aereo Investments, and they had they the he was the first African American uh, major investment house, and right. he did great. I just recently had Chris Gardner on, who was an African American investor, who but he was a stockbroker, and so we know that this is a time in America where there are opportunities. For people, if you're willing to do the research and and doing the learning and not taking hot stock tips from your barber and things like that. (laughs) And people do that all the time, don't they, David? Well, they sometimes do, and that's sometimes not a good thing to do. Um, But I try to put in the book uh, examples of of people who are minorities or are women so that we can show people that you don't have to be a white man who's old like me to be an investor that's successful. You can be successful by being, you know, many different backgrounds. And so the, the country is increasingly having really, really successful African-American, Latina, um, Asian-American, uh, female investors. 
Amen. Amen. Now, you just said something that got my opinion. You said, you know, many people can start and, and be a successful investor and no matter where they come from. Now, let's tell you that uh, a young person wanted to be an investor. Uh, they, they're coming right out of high school or college and they say, I want to be an investor. Well, what are some things they should be thinking about in the power of compound interest? Well, what they, they should do is learn how to um, read very well, make sure they really have an interest in reading, learn how to speak very well, learn how to influence other people by using their own uh, actions to influence people by, say, leading by example. But they should also get a degree. Make sure you have a college degree. If people take you much more seriously, you have a college degree. If you have a graduate degree, maybe even better. But what it really takes is a willingness to work hard, a willingness to sacrifice a bit so you learn your craft and then ultimately, when you really learn your craft and you master it, then you can give back to society more readily. Amen. Uh, John Hope Bryan, as I mentioned earlier, I was speaking at his conference. He said something that I love. He said, you must be willing to work hard. You must be willing to work hard if you want to get real results over the long term. And he said one other thing. You work during the day for your money, but you create wealth while you're in bed by the things that you own. Would you agree with that concept? Yes, I think uh, it's very important what you do with your money. If you just want to show how rich you are by buying big homes and and fancy things, I think it's probably not as good a use of your time and your energy. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, if you want to get to heaven, I think probably giving back to society is a better way. Amen. I agree. I agree. I agree. Okay. Let's say, David, you and I were uh, having lunch and I said, David, let's go over to Howard University to a business class of young wannabes, want to be uh, uh, business people right. and want to be successful and want to be wealthy. Uh, let's go over and we go over and we go to this class, either at American or Howard or GW or Georgetown or Catholic. We got a bunch of great universities here. And we went into a business class. I want you to tell them these, tell us what you would tell these uh, young people. Oh. A few, you got us, you got us, you got to do this. You, you should find something that you're interested in. If you're interested in investing, great, but make certain you really know what you're doing and then therefore pr uh, practice uh, speaking well, practice reading well, practice sharing the credit with people, taking the blame when you make a mistake, learning how to cooperate with other people, having an ability to share um, the benefits of what you know with other people. And also, I think recognizing if you're going to make a mistake, don't just get in the dumps. Go, go back and keep work, working hard and hard. You, over, oh, you can overcome mistakes, but you can't let them get you too depressed. Amen. That's the truth. Because if you overcome your uh, mistake and you go in a dump, you won't think clearly. In my book, uh, Turn Setbacks into Greenbacks, the number one po point I have in the first chapter is do not panic. Panic is taken from the Greek word to choke. When you choke, you cut off the air to your brain. You cannot think clearly. You cannot think clearly. cannot make wise choices. 1929, there was a stock market crash. People panicked. Some jumped off of bridges, not realizing the market would come back bigger and better than ever. This too shall pass. Keep moving forward. Keep learning. Keep growing. And from every setback is the opportunity for an incredible comeback. Would you agree with that, David? I agree. The great Every great investor has made a lot of mistakes. You have to go get over your mistakes and go on to the next thing. If you linger on your mistakes forever, you're never going to get anything done. But also, mistakes give you another thing that's very important, humility. Mm. Uh, the, the greatest leaders in the world are humble. Abraham Lincoln didn't say, you know, I just won the Civil War. Aren't I great? Uh, people that are really you want to have as role models are people that have some humility because they've made mistakes and they've learned from them. 
Amen. Well, in this last minute, any closing thoughts, David, from the book or from your life or just something that you want to share with our listeners about how to invest and how to live full, fulfilled, impactful lives and leave a legacy? Figure out what it is that makes you happy and try to pursue that, assuming it doesn't hurt other people. And try to have a happy family life because in the end, you'll be more fulfilled but also giving back to society is the most important thing you can do so that when you are my age, you can look back and say, this is what I've done to justify my existence on the face of the earth. I love that. I want to thank David Rubenstein for being my special guest. I want to encourage everybody to go to how to uh, go to the bookstore, get how to invest masters of the craft. And I want you to watch him uh, on PBS on uh, Bloomberg. He has great programming and great concepts. I want to encourage you to do that. I want to thank again, our friends at Truist, where you start with care, you build a different kind of bank. Truist Bank. Be sure to check out the Truist Money Mindset podcast with Bright and Brian. It's real talk about ways to reach financial confidence and boost your mindset. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. And then go to winwithwilly.com. That's right, winwithwilly.com, where you can access my materials. I've got my marriage site, Jolly Marriage site, my faith-based site, my my focus site on youth, helping youth to stop making poor decisions and make wise choices for my PBS special for young people. Get that for your teenagers. Then we've got our music, our, our new power music to help you feel better, to think better, to do better by the music you listen to. Your input determines your output. So fill yourself up with the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Listen to me every day on Get Up Morning with Erica Campbell at 820 Eastern, 720 Central with Wake Up and Win with Dr. Willie Jolly. You can also get it in an email or on Twitter or on TikTok or on uh, LinkedIn, a daily one-minute message that will encourage, inspire you. So they asked me the other day, why do you do those one-minute messages? Because statistics show that if you hear or listen to something positive in the first 20 minutes of your day, you have over 40% greater achievement than those who don't. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you woke up and was rainy or cold and clammy or wet and dreary, what does your body want to do? Stay in bed. But if you woke up, the sun shining, the birds are singing, you want to take advantage of that day. The same is true for your psyche. If you wake up and all you hear is how many people got killed, how many fires there were, how many little children got snatched, it puts a cloud over your brain. But when you wake up and you hear a positive, uplifting, encouraging message, it puts a new thinking process in your brain so that you take advantage of that day. Take advantage of the day by listening to my one minute messages every day, Monday through Friday on radio, on Twitter, on TikTok, or wherever you find me, I will try and give you something that will help you grow. I want to thank all of you. I want to thank you for sharing this. I want to thank my special guest, David Rubenstein. And I want to thank God again for giving me the opportunity to try and make a difference. Remember, God's gift to you is life. Your gift to God is what you do with your life. So do something extraordinary and make a difference and make a difference, not just for today, but for legacy. God bless you. Have a great day. you enjoyed this podcast episode and I hope you got something of great value and I hope that you were inspired, you were motivated, you were empowered and you were encouraged to live your best life. I hope this information and this inspiration will help you to do more 
be more, and to achieve more. That's the goal why I started this program. And I hope it helped you in a mighty way. Now, I ask you to make sure and that you take full advantage of all the resources that came through this program. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of the free resources that we have there for you. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash shop to get some of the books that we have created, that we've labored over to make sure that they will deliver a powerful message to you. I hope you go to willyjolly.com slash billionaire willyjolly.com slash billionaire or wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get the box that it will inspire your whole family or get the bag of books. Make this a great day, a great week, a great month. And remember, it is true that you are blessed and all things are possible for them that believe. So make the most of the belief that you have now in your future. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.